My name is Molly McCartney. I'm an intuitive medium, the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Empower Your Wisdom, and the founder of the Empowered Wisdom School. This show was created for women who wish to trust their intuition so they can follow their higher calling and their bliss without fear, doubt, and disempowering relationships holding them back. If you're a spiritual woman with a business or career in any field and a higher calling you've been working towards, and you want to be featured on the show to inspire others with your story, go to empoweredwisdomshow.com. For now, please enjoy today's show, and don't forget to subscribe for daily inspiration from our very special guests. Hello and welcome to the Empowered Wisdom Show. This is your host, Molly McCartney, and today our theme is talking about how empowerment is vital to our being. I'm speaking with Julinda Lidi. She's a poet, author, and motivational speaker. And um, we've talked a little bit of before the show about life and how things go, and she has such an interesting story about um, starting from a place of abandonment, being denied by her birth mother and, and finding, finding her purpose through her foster experience and also knowing throughout her life that she was an empath and a child of God and had healing energy that flowed through her. Now as a poet and an author, I've seen some of her work. She does these beautiful energetic transmissions with her, her words. So I'm excited to hear her story today and have her share her wisdom with you. So welcome, Julinda. How are you doing today? I'm doing fabulous. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. It's great to have you here. Well, I really appreciate this opportunity. Oh, you're very welcome. It's it's an honor. So so first, uh, I'd love to hear more about what you do, what your mission is as a poet and author and motivational speaker. And I know you also work in the academia world as well. So share whatever you'd like about yourself at this point, because I just like to get to know more about you. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, just like anyone with the writing, how that started was, you know, as a youth, you know, we always write things, you know, I love Bobby, I love Susie, I'm mad at Millie, you know, <laughs> so um, when my kids were, you know, preteens, basically, I found myself alone on Friday and Saturday nights. And I was like, how did this happen? But anyway, so I would just, you know, write little poetry, you know, just little sentiments to myself. And then actually someone had um, witnessed it and they said, this looks like poetry to me. And so I said, really? And so we started uh, going to open mics, uh, which was real interesting because, you know, people do all types of things. At open oh, mics, yes. Right? <laughs> I've been to those in my coffee house days in my youth, for sure. <laughs> right. You know, from singing to dancing to fiddling to whatever. <laughs> right. And so um, I had the opportunity just to, to watch people and finally got the nerve to get up one day and, and do my thing. And people really appreciated, you know, my, my rhythm, you know, the way I was speaking to them. So um, I started to get compliments and I was like, you know, maybe I can do something with this. And I went to an event and it's so funny, this gentleman, this sophisticated gentleman, he said, do you have anything I can purchase? And I was like, no, <laughs> all I have is this piece of paper. And so um, from there, I was able to earn a scholarship from a local poet um, from Santa Cruz. The scholarship was to attend Idlewild, which is an art school in the Los Angeles area. And so from there, I was exposed to people, you know, who actually studied this and traveled the world. Um, so I said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it up a notch. 
And my first poem was actually chosen in an anthology. And it was a poem about my grandmother. It was called The Smell of Bacon Grease, right? It was like a, a childhood type of thing when you, that bacon cooking in that iron skillet, you know? And so she was like, baby, did you get paid? And I was like, no. And she was like, oh. And so <laughs> anyway, from there, um, I would start receiving Dear John letters. And I didn't like those rejection letters, Molly. And so I had asked someone, I said, how do I get my own book? And they said, you should consider self-publishing. And so when I discovered self-publishing, it was a beautiful thing. Um, actually, my daughter, she designed my first book cover for me because she's into web design. And I just been flowing every since. So it's been a beautiful journey regarding poetry. It's a beautiful outlet and it, it touches others and it supports others. And I learned that it brought healing, not only to myself, but to people that were going through different things that could relate to what I was going through. And then too, I learned that they can interpret it through their own experiences. I can give you a short example. I did this um, poem about my brother um, facing incarceration, and I did it um, in an English course, and there was plenty of people who were immigrants, and there was one older woman who was able to identify with that going through the different um, detention centers, and she felt that she was incarcerated and she was locked up and her freedom was taken before she was able to reach the United States. So it's been very empowering, very enlightening, even to myself, the way people can interpret it that fits their world. So it's been a beautiful thing. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that you, you, I think we are having a psychic conversation because the next question I was going to ask you is, how does it feel to, you know, kind of start just, oh, I'm just going to start writing affirmations to myself. And then it becomes this bigger, like, oh, this is a healing tool. This is a modality that actually helps bring light to the world. And it was just some, this little thing you started for yourself. So what, what can you walk me through that moment where you kind of started doing that? Were you going through a difficult time or did you feel an intuition or guidance? Like, Hey, why don't you start writing these notes to yourself? Well, I believe, like I said, we can take it back. I think we've all written notes to ourselves as youngsters. Like I said, you know, on your notepad and your, you know, and your school folder. So it just started expanding, you know, where I actually picked up a notepad and was intentional. Um, and it wasn't, I wasn't necessarily going through anything except for some type of loneliness because um, I had dedicated my life to my children and I realized I didn't have a life of my own. Mm -hmm. And so I was seeking that. And um, it's funny you mentioned that because um, I went through a divorce recently and I had wrote a book called uh, The Dark Truth, Married to a Narcissist. And that was really just to get out those feelings. And I even protected the person and myself because I didn't want to divulge too much information in the book. But um, I was contacted by someone. She was a clinical psychologist and also um, a minister. And she had her own podcast. And she invited me to speak to her group regarding the book. And she wanted to touch on um, abuse um, and relationships, but it was more to a Christian audience. And I'm going to be honest with you. I felt like um, they were judging me. I felt a little bit insecure sharing my story. Mm -hmm. And it was a two-part series. So it was two Sundays back to back. 
But the following Sunday, a young gentleman, he was an Asian young boy. He was about 22 years old. He came up to me and he confessed to me. He said, you know what? I'm packing scissors. I'm about to stab my father. And I was like, whoa, you know, I'm not a clinical psychologist. So yeah. I had to get his mother in the room and get um, the person who invited me in the room. And I said, he just shared this information with me. So by me being there, we were able to do an intervention. Wow. And so the mother was fully aware that she was in an abusive situation and um, having her children in the home were also being exposed to that, but she didn't realize the repercussions that was going on with her children. And so her son was ready to retaliate. And so we were able to intervene and they were able to give him some support and give him advice. And of course, you know, we had suggested they all seek counseling because they were living in a dangerous environment um, that the mother felt like she couldn't escape from for mainly financial reasons. Yeah, yeah, that happens so often. It's very sad, but amazing that you were in that moment. That's a soul contract, divine appointment kind of thing that you know yeah. you can't you can't plan that. But when it shows up, you're like, wow, this is an important moment. And because yes. you do what you do, you know that family hopefully found some healing and uh, life was a couple of lives were probably saved there. Um, so, yes. Yes. so you you mentioned that you know you've always been an empath. You've always felt um, divinely guided. And yet you deal, you dealt with that early abandonment and being denied by your own mom and living in the foster care system. So mm -hmm. I'm kind of putting together the pieces a little bit as you're sharing the type of people that your work has been touching, mm -hmm. that there must have been a sense of lack of choice or um, feeling stuck in these negative situations. Can you share a little bit about how that kind of helped you gain wisdom? how that was a blessing in disguise? Yes. Um, it's funny you asked that particular question because um, when I was a youngster, my brother was like, how can you have problems with adult women? And I said, I feel like I'm smarter than them. So um, anyway, my grandmother, um, she was my Nana and Tucson, Arizona, and I lived with her for a short while. And she was an evangelist and she was an extreme evangelist. I'm talking about where she cast out demons and there was anointing oil all over the place. And, you know, some people felt uncomfortable. But anyway, um, I was gifted by her and she prayed over me and I was gifted with um, prophecy and speaking in tongues. And I was 10 years old and I was afraid because, first of all, tongues like that's weird. I don't even know what I'm saying. And prophecy, you know, I'm a child who's going to listen to a child. Right. Mm -hmm because I had prophesied over a deacon and I told him he was going to get married and have three sons. And he was dating a woman at the time. And my grandmother was like, is this the woman? And I was like, no, that's not the woman. Uh -oh. And um, <laughs> fast forward, my grandmother ended up contacting me and he married a younger woman and ended up having three sons. So um, she, she actually shared with me, she said, you have gifts that you choose not to use. Um, and I know that I'm intuitive because I think about certain people, they just pop up into my head and something will tell me to contact them. Um, this was a few years back. Um, this was an older woman that I used to work with and she was about 80 years old. And I said, why do I keep thinking about this lady? And I had her phone number. And so I was led to call her and I was like, 
I feel the need to call you. And she was like, you are so intuitive. She says, I've been in pain. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, I've been getting cortisone shots in my knees and my back is hurting. And she starts sharing with me what she was going through, but my phone call gave her comfort. And so it just reminded me again of these different gifts that we have and we choose not to use them or we, you know, ignore them. Um, but it's really not about us at the end of the day. Um, it's about supporting the people around us. And that's how it was for me as a foster youth. Um, and even still today, I can advocate for someone else better than I can for myself. Um, I can be the greatest cheerleader for the next person better than I can for myself. Mm, um, but so I common with healers, the healer spirits. Yeah, yeah I just, for sure. <laughs> I just naturally care. I just, I always see the good side. I always see the good points. I don't see anything negative. And um, matter of fact, um, someone said something to me once. They go, I don't ever hear you speaking negatively about people. And I just kind of jokingly said, oh, because I'm too much into myself. But it's really not about myself. I just really... I see good in people, even though, you know, we're not perfect. We all have flaws. You know, we all have things we're working on, but we all have gifts. We all have something to contribute. And we just really need to remind ourselves that we all have something to offer the world. Yeah. Amen to that. That's, that's very true. And especially for those that feel that they're kind of stuck in situations um, I was talking to someone else the other day and, and she just said, make your mess, your message. <laughs> and I said, exactly. The dark nights that we're going through, the challenges, it's, it's all to ask ourselves, well, why did we come here? What light can we shine in this situation after we've gotten through our own, you know, um, emotions of the trauma or the feeling of being restricted? It's like, okay, now what can we make of this? So it sounds like you really did that in your life, which is amazing. Yes. Yeah, so cool. So, um, so tell me a little bit more about, um, you know, some challenges that you've had with letting go of those who did not choose you, you know, as you learn to love yourself, as you got, you know, gifts from those who loved you as well. But then there's also that challenge of the shadow of yes, but I wasn't loved by these people, either family or colleagues and just feeling not valued. Can you share a little bit about how you've been challenged with that? Yes, I I was challenged very early. Um, my mother and father were married at a young age and they separated and she left me and my brother when we were about, I, I honestly don't know, I'm going to say two, three, three or four years old, we're a year apart. And so um, I was actually reunited with her for a brief moment when I was 10 living with my grandmother, who was her mother. And she told me and my brother not to call her mom. And by then she was in a new relationship. So I have biracial brothers and sisters who are half white. And so um, by then she had a new baby and my sister's very white. (laughs) She's probably your complexion. She's green eyes. She's a beautiful young woman. And um, she asked me and my brother not to call her mom. She didn't want anyone to know that she had us as her children. And for me, it was very hurtful. I didn't understand. And um, it was it was a hard adjustment because all I saw was like this little white baby to me. And I was I didn't understand why she wanted this baby and not us. Mm-hmm. And then it happened a few more times um, when I was 13. I ended up meeting her future husband in a sense. She was just dating him. And she introduced me as her niece. Mm. 
And, but she did tell my sister in private because she was a little older by then. She said, this is your sister. And my sister was a little bit confused. And she said, we came from, you know, the same belly. And my mother said, yes. And so that gave me a little bit of comfort that my sister did know that I was her sister, but it was also saddening that she introduced me as her niece. And I didn't really know how to take that. Um, so I used to make self-sabotaging decisions. You know, you build a wall and when you build a wall to block out pain, you also build a wall to block out love. So I had a really hard time accepting love and care from other people. And it took, it took many years to even acknowledge that. Yes, I've had counseling throughout my life, which I greatly appreciate, or I wouldn't be the woman I am today, I believe, to help me, to help make me aware of, you know, the way that I feel or, you know, think the things that I was doing, because I would meet beautiful people, but I would push them away. And I was pushing them away because I was jealous of what they had and I didn't have. I didn't have a mother. I didn't have a father. I didn't have stability. So I was one of those youth who at first I was living with different family members. Then I was living in different foster homes and group homes. So it was like every year or every two years I was moving around. I was also a runaway at a young age. Again, you just making self-sabotaging um, decisions and being in unsafe places and around unsafe people. So I, I had many walls up. And so I would say it was about, you know, until like my middle twenties, when I realized that I was pushing good people away, I had met a good girlfriend and she was amazing. Like she didn't pass judgment. She was kind, she was giving. And I saw people taking advantage of her and I was like, you are too nice. And she actually, you know, brought my wall down because she cared for me so much. And I can see her caring for others. And, um, I never had a girlfriend like that before. You know, we never were jealous of each other. You know, there's some things that we were both odd about each other, but it was all in love. And um, even though she doesn't even probably even realize it, but she helped bring that wall down. And it was, again, just that pure friendship and just being kind and courteous and, and respectful and giving. And it's it's just been a journey where I naturally still give, but now I can also receive love and I, and I'm grateful for that now that I can do that. I love that. The power of friendship is, is something else. And yeah, what a cool, what a cool story because yeah, these soul contracts we have, they, it's interesting that they're, they're I mean, they're definitely not random. They're definitely pre preordained, pre decided um, that we are going to learn some things and awaken to ourselves in a new way through all of these interactions. So mm -hmm. early in life, you had these kind of shadow interactions and that feeling of, yeah, not being chosen, not, not, you know, what's the deal. And, and, you know, especially with it being obviously a racial issue, mm -hmm. it's, you know, that's an uh, kind of give it, it gives you a blow to several parts of your identity. It's not just you as a daughter, it's you as a woman, as a 
as the first child or were you the first or yes I'm the oldest I was the oldest of six right yeah so so I can I feel that and and yet you come to life with a smile wanting to help others and I think that's just such a beautiful testament to your spirit and so as you learned and grew you then attracted this friend that reflected the the bright light within you Mm-hmm. So, so I think that's really, really cool. And listeners will probably enjoy that because they know that they have good friends out there too. You can know your good friends from your bad friends. If you feel brighter and lighter around them or heavier and darker, yes. <laughs> make sure you yes. pay attention to that. <laughs> yes. I'm learning that even more like, you know, when they say the butterflies are your gut, you know, that's your spirit speaking to you, you know, whether good or bad are warning you. And so even myself, I'm learning not to dismiss it, you know, it's better to err on caution than to dismiss it. And I'm learning that even more, even simple things. If you're driving, if you feel like you should make a right, make a right, don't have Mm -hmm. your mind switch up and say, make a left. Um, it's all these little things in life that guide us. And we really need to pay attention to our body because we're one, you know, but you know, our brain sometimes says, oh no, let's do different, but we really need to listen to every part of our body because it's guiding us. That's our spirit speaking to us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, for, for some challenges that you shared before the show that kind of go along with some of the, uh, you know, as I mentioned, it's probably connected to the early life stuff and I can see how it is. Um, as with all my guests, I drew a few cards for you, if you don't mind me sharing that now. (laughs) Cool. So you mentioned that you have, um, there's, there's kind of a a neighbor issue going on, uh, someone that's not being respectful to you, uh, not listening to you. Um, and so you're having to bring out the big guns on them in terms of legalities. Uh, that's always fun. And also kind of dealing with some discrimination in, in, in an important area of your life. So Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that a little bit. I do, uh, the first card I pull for you is the Luminous Warrior, which is um, my card for uh, the light worker and your healer self. And so it is reverse saying that in these situations, you're more feeling like that disempowered little girl than you are the strong woman that you've become today. Mm-hmm. So um, there is a secret desire to to overcome this and become powerful even in these situations but usually what will happen is with kind-hearted giving people like yourself is well I don't want to be the jerk here I don't want to be the a-hole I want to be I want to be kind and loving which you can be but you can also have like really strong boundaries and, and superpowers in the situation so I feel energetically the biggest thing is to kind of consistently go back to yourself when you have um, a reaction in these situations that feels like the child inside that was disowned and and disrespected Mm -hmm. to make sure you mother her take care of her do some energy clearing work um, or take a break or sometimes just emote and cry or yell if you have to Mm -hmm. and and kind of let go of that kind of past response because the more you're you're conscious of that in these situations, the more you will show up with the the maturity and power that you have. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. And I'm going to get quiet for just one minute because you're being asked to sacrifice something and I'm not quite sure yet what it is. Mm. I feel like there's a there's a part of you that may be wanting wanting someone to show up for you or to not rescue you, but to advocate for you. Mm -hmm. And 
you're having to let go of that desire. It's, it's, it's like, you know, those of us with moms that weren't quite there for us, you know, and yours definitely was not. Um, but even those that grew up with mothers and always wishing that mother would have been more like a mom. Mm -hmm. It's like at some point as women, we have to just let that go and be our own powerful goddesses. So I feel like that's something that you're coming out of mm -hmm. and you're doing a lot of inner child healing work through dealing with these. So if you can find any value at all in what's happening is so that your inner child gets a voice, um, you know, that you can advocate for her basically and be the one that swoops in, be the Nana that swoops in and takes care of her. So don't quit. Just keep taking small steps every day with, with that intuition. And that's what you've got coming up ahead. And if there's anything that you've been putting your energy into, whether it's complaining about it or talking about it to people that have nothing to do with it, or even going down other avenues that just have not really given back to you, make sure you quickly withdraw your energy from those places or people and move on to, to the next thing. Um, so have you been sensing that lately where it's like, oh, I keep going here and nothing's coming out of it, or I keep trying this thing and nothing's happening? Actually, yeah, I just had that the other day. I had blocked my brother because he hadn't been helpful. But when the incident came up with my son, I called him and he did not support me at all. He didn't feed into me. He was um, he was not empathetic or caring. And I thought to myself, why did I call him? Why did I open that door when I had already closed it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, well, you know, bro, he's my brother. He's gonna, he's gonna support me. But it's like, no, we've, I've got to remember, I've got to just hardwire this new thought of I can't count on this person. Exactly. So that it doesn't bring me down. And it's more, you know, for listeners to listening, going through anything similar, when we uh, take the time to grieve those connections and just say, okay, that's just not an option mm -hmm. and let it go as, as a, as a possible help option, we get longer term satisfaction, longer term feeling of, of wellness and, and balance because we're not trying to get something from an empty well. Right. Right. You know? And so your biggest obstacle here is that you can see through these illusions just fine. And it is a temporary setback. Um, it's just about um, really watching your self-talk because when you kind of ask yourself, well, am I cursed? Like what's, why can't things just oh go? Oh my goodness. Like all these yes, things I are did. Clear, right? I did yeah. say that. I was asking it. <laughs> oh my goodness. You are speaking to me because even I, I mean, I took it biblical, like with Jacob and his mother, Rebecca and his brother Esau, and then his son Levite. I was like, and then his daughter, Dinah, you know, from the mother, Leah, you know, how the rejection, the abandonment, the, the generational curses. And I was saying, am I cursed? I just asked myself this the other day, like, what is going on around me? <laughs> Yes. Well, it's definitely, um, and you do have the ancestor card here and that's where I was kind of scratching my head. Like, what does she need to let go of? And it is that, that expectation when you notice people in a family structure or a group structure are not operating at the same conscious level that you are and aren't doing the work mm -hmm. and you start to show up with more integrity and more authenticity. And like, this is in truth about what you want and what you need. Mm -hmm. 
you, we have to kind of forgive them and, and, you know, if we want to talk, you know, in, in biblical terms, forgive, let go, and then continue on our way, which yes. to me is the turning the other cheek. It's not like here, smack me on the other cheek. It's like, let, I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to yes. forgive you and I'll keep moving. Yes. And I'm not going to engage in this. Yes. And, and I feel like for you, that's a big part of it to, because there's a lot of pain and blame in that family structure. And when you can just say, hey, you know what? I'm setting myself apart from that. Yes. And then you release and you and you can live in your wisdom a lot, a lot yes. better. And I thank you for that because in a sense, that's confirmation because I've just been um, experiencing doing the burning bowl, but I hadn't listed family members. I had listed other people who were around me and I realized that works for me that once I did the burning bowl, I had released them, yeah. but I didn't want to add family to that because they're family. Yeah. And I thought the other day, perhaps I need to add family to this because they're not in my immediate life. They serve me no purpose, but I was trying to hold on to hope. Yes. And that's the thing. It, it is getting to that place where you just grieve and say, okay, it's never going to be the way I wish it would be. And so I'm going to let it go. And and even when we burn those connections, we don't have to completely shut people out. We can still see them on holidays. We can still engage with them, but with great boundaries mm -hmm. and no cords that are keeping us disempowered. And that's kind of beautiful when you finally go, hey, I can show up to this really dysfunctional thing. It doesn't bother me and I can add value. And then yeah. I leave in a couple hours or whatever, you know, whatever my limit is. And I say, bye-bye, I love you, <laughs> gotta go. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So overall, this is again, really about you learning to use all of your abilities and all of your gifts to, to have power from within over the situation and not allow others to, to have power over you and your energy levels. So just keep your eye on the prize. And it's going to, it's going to be fine. And the more you show up with maturity in both of the situations you shared with me, the energy will, will respond to that. Yes. Oh, that's perfect. That's just right where I needed to hear. Um, and it feels good because these are thoughts that I've been having and I have so much to look forward to. And so many good things are happening at the same time. And on the other side, I feel like I've been attacked, but I said, the only tack what's valuable. So I know that I have value, but I need to um, focus on the good things and focus on the positive things. Cause again, I, I have so many dynamic things to look forward to, but I have these other things that are just, just eating at my, at my heart in a sense. And, you know, like I shared with you earlier, like I had a little trouble sleep, sleeping, even just replaying things in my mind. And I know as an Aquarius, we're overthinkers already. So I was asking, like, please let me go to sleep. Please let me go to sleep. You know, <laughs> um, let me stop thinking about this, you know, trying to find a method of, of letting that go. So thank you for that so much. It just it hit it hit the truth. Oh, good. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. It's an honor. So it's been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Thank you for being here today again. And uh, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you and your work? Oh, yes. Um, of course, you can find me. I have a YouTube channel. It's a little bit of poetry, a little bit of motivational speaking, some short pieces, of course, because I have a learning disability. Let's keep it short and simple uh, and to the point. 
Um, I also have a Facebook if you would like to find me there. And if you ever need a speaker or a presenter or some entertainment, I have a website, speakforimpact.com. Awesome. Thank you, Jalinda. Thank you. You're very welcome. And thanks, guys, for listening. We'll catch you next time. Yes. <laughs> hey there. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to hear more from our wise and wonderful guests, make sure you subscribe for daily interview content. And here's three ways I can help empower your wisdom for free. Number one, grab your copy of my Empower Your Life workbook. It will help you honor your inner voice, make way for new visions, and live with intention. Go to empoweredwisdomshow.com forward slash workbook to get your copy today. Two, if you're a woman with a well-established business or career and your intuition is nudging you to go in a more spiritual direction, we want to interview you on this show. Head to empoweredwisdomshow.com. Three, Listen and subscribe to our sister podcast, The Empowered Wisdom Hour, for free teachings, guided meditation, and channeled wisdom to help you thrive. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, and most major podcast platforms. At Empowered Wisdom Coaching, we help intuitive, spiritual, and high-achieving women who feel disempowered by self-doubt and relationship patterns realize their power and go for what they want without holding back. If you're ready to release doubt, fear, and disempowering relationships so you can follow your calling and your bliss the intuitive way, book a call to see how I can help. Go to mollymccartney.com forward slash chat.